Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of the Life on the Bridal podcast. Now, you may feel a bit sad because you haven't heard the voice of our regular host, Mr. William Taylor. However, he is unavailable this week. So I am joined by our regular contributor, Jack Holden. Good afternoon. And we have a special guest joining us for this episode, Mr. Archie Campbell. How are you? Hey, uh, you're right, lads. Yeah, good to be here. Nice to nice to finally be here in the Life on the Bridal studio chatting with you guys. And of course, I am your regular host. Well, not your regular host, but I could be from now on after how this is going, Mr. Josh Bursey. Um, Archie, let's start with you. Tell yes, us a little bit about your racing experience, how you feel about the game, what's going on? Well, I think in general, I'm a big fan of the game, but big fan has a bit of an asterisk next to it because I like watching the racing. I watch the Grand National every year, like a lot of people do. But I wouldn't say I'm particularly knowledgeable. You know, every every sports podcast has got that goon who comes on, who doesn't know what's happening, what's this, what's going on. I'm that goon for this podcast. So um, I hope you're ready for that, listeners. So was the Grand National the last race you had a bet on? Um, I think so. Maybe not. I did win money on one race. I couldn't tell you which one it was. I won about 15 quid. And that was a big moment for me. I think it wasn't the National. Well, we've got, been... we've got ourselves a small stakes punter here. And that's yeah. good to hear, you know, with all the chat about affordability checks that we don't we don't really like to hear, but we know they're coming regardless, which is a shame. Um, are you looking yeah, forward I'm... to it? I am. I'm always looking forward to Grand National. It's, it, in my life, it's sort of it's like a clock. Once the National hits, that clock's just waiting for the National again for next year. <laughs> It's just a great, it's just a great event, and I like the fact that everyone in the country seems to be watching it. You know, you get your family around, get it on the TV, you see the horses, you know, you have a sweet steak, you have a punt. Oh it's yeah, it's just a fun time, you know. Yeah, just keep punting. Exactly. Keep punting. responsibly, obviously. <laughs> um, Jack, how do you feel to have our usual host not here today? Uh, well, you know, he has his fans and they'll obviously be disappointed. But I think it's, it's important, you know, you've got to get the whole the, the racing community. We need new blood and getting getting players like a, uh, Archie Campbell here in the game is, is, is all important. So hopefully he's he's going to bring some uh, some interesting questions from his particular standpoint. And we can uh, we can give the listeners a good podcast this evening. Perfect. Now, Archie, big question. Yes. Go Did on. you watch any racing last weekend? Did I watch any racing last weekend? Um, I watched the F1 highlights. Any horse racing? No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think of Vegas? Then go on, tell us before we get into the horse racing. Uh, well, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I don't want to go on a, on an anti Formula One rant this early into the podcast because I feel like there's a lot of crossover. But you know, we could do with a bit more, a bit more bumping, a bit more, a bit more overtaking. You know, throw a few banana peels at each other, get it going a bit, because you know it's all a bit, it's all a bit slow, a bit drawn out. <laughs> Not like the horse race. That's what I like about the horse race. They can all change in seconds. Yeah. Well, there's always a bit of excitement. And talking of excitement, we had Cheltenham last weekend to get our teeth into. 
Jack, did you enjoy it? Um, the the no, uh, unfortunately we didn't get didn't get an opportunity to go this year. But the November meeting is outside the festival, uh, Chelton's biggest uh, racing weekend. Uh, there were some there were some really good moments. I think particularly for me, Burdett Road was um was a really standout performer, and I'm I'm confident that come March, um, anti post punters will be able to uh, celebrate him winning the Triumph Hurdle. But it, it's it was nice. It was it was re- from what I saw um, on online the um the race course was pretty full, lots of business being done, which is fantastic to see. And I it was really also really nice to see that the um. Cheltenham are setting out goals for by 2025 or 2026, I think it was. Um, they want an extra 10,000 people there that that weekend. So um, that's fantastic. There's there's ambition in the racing industry, and hopefully, hopefully uh, further down the line, they they reach those goals. Because and I would encourage people. You've got you've got three days for the November meeting, so um, get yourselves down there um, and and enjoy it because there's good racing on every single day. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very hopeful with the fact they can get those 10,000 people. They've got the new walk-in restaurant. They've got the self-service bars. It certainly doesn't ever seem to take as long to get a pint there as it used to. Um, 10,000, though, is that a little bit of an ambitious target? I, I saw pictures of the betting ring on Sunday. It was very, very empty. I... Well, I think I think you're looking sort of best mate enclosure side. Um, and that was um, that was reasonably um, well. Sorry, that wasn't that wasn't particularly full. Um, so, but then again, you've made the tickets on the grandstand side more affordable. So you're giving more people a, an opportunity to experience Cheltenham at its best. So there are, I, I think they're looking to maybe fill the uh, best mate closure a bit more and. Will I think they'll they'll see where they go from there. But um, TV pictures of the main grandstand were were really good. But yeah, I mean Archie, I'm going to bring you in here. Yeah, go on. Um, I've got I've got a question for you here as well. Go for it. How much money are we talking here? I know I know Jack, you just said it's been more affordable, but if it's ten thousand people, it it can't be like hundreds of pounds, you know. Well, I think I've seen I believe. Uh, prices for Gold Cup Friday uh, during the Cheltenham Festival are is it 120 pounds, 125 pounds? Well, um, it'll, it'll be 122 quid on the day. But we are talking November meeting here. Don't yeah. forget that. So that's but for a whole day of races as well. That's not that's not yeah. bad value at all, to be honest. Now, to put that into context, the that ticket price is one of the highest you will see, and it's only in one of the festival days, which happens once a year in March. Mm. At this November meeting, the going price for an adult ticket was about thirty-five, forty pounds to be on the side of the race yeah, course with decent, the most going on, which was okay. And to be over the other side, which is called the best main enclosure, it was a little bit cheaper, kind of around fifteen, twenty pounds. Mm. Um, Archie, what? Yes. If, you know, you're not a regular race course goer. I'm. I'm not. No. What? What would you be looking for? What would entice you? to go to a race course well josh you've actually you've already mentioned it funnily enough you've already mentioned the uh the pints but I think that, would be a, <laughs> that would be a big part of it um because you know any sporting event you've got to have a few bets it's got to be done it's just made something better um in terms of it i think if i was going to be going to see it live i'd want to be able to be sort of you know 
bit up close and personal with the horses. You know, you don't want to be watching it from a skybox, do you? You don't want to be watching it from this, like up in the up in your private box, you know. Because what's the point? If you're that far away from it, go watch it at home, kind of thing. I want to be down there, you know, I feel any atmosphere if I was to go. I, I think the uh, a, a lively betting ring, um, certainly for, during these big meetings, I, I suspect it would have been the case um, weekend gone by, but a lively betting ring, there's a certain buzz that I can't, it's not the same as, you know, going going to watch the football or anything, it's certainly not the same as, you know, going to the rugby, but there's, there's, there's just this buzz that I can't quite put my finger on. Everyone's, you know, excited and I think what what I, I don't what we like about the game is everyone's got an opinion and no one yeah. at any one time until they cross the the, the finishing line is wrong yeah so. and it's a bit more fast paced in a lot of sports that's the thing you mentioned think, the football you mentioned the rugby you know what the result's going to be a lot of the times and you still got another half an hour to go with the horse racing you can't tell until it's that final, until you've got that like final 10, 15 seconds. A lot of time you don't know. Absolutely. And I think increasingly, especially with the betting room, they're looking to get on the side of one horse. They're looking to have an opinion. They're not just doing what the online bookmakers do, mirroring the Betfair exchange. They are actually going, I think this horse is going to win. I'm going to try and get people to bet him by offering a slightly bigger price. And that's what you don't get when you're sat at home in front of the telly. Um, let's head back to that that thing you mentioned, the uh, the magical pint. Yeah, go um, on, mate. Let, let Let's talk about you know the most popular pint. I think is undoubtedly Guinness at a race course. Um, how much would you expect to be paying for a pint of Guinness on a day like that? Well, to be honest, mate, I I haven't got much experience buying Guinness at a race course, but I did. I went to see the Bellator event live in London, and that was like. But it's like seven, eight quid for a pint. And I, I, I went, me and my mate were there, and I went, we're not doing it, mate. We'll have a couple, but if you want to get drunk, we'll get drunk after. So if, not I were eight, not the, quid. so if I was to tell you the price for a pint of Guinness at Cheltenham, would this be contingent on whether or not you'd go? Well, it would be contingent on whether or not I'd go if if I knew how how sort of stringent they were on like checking your your person as you go in. Because I'll just take a, I'll just take a flask, mate. Yeah, I'll just do it that way. I, I mean, I, I would say the checks are quite lax, but let, let's just say the the points of Guinness at Cheltenham cost you a grand total of seven pounds and fifty pennies. What? How does that make you feel? It's it's, it's rough, mate. I'll tell you that much. It's rough because it's an it's an all day event. You know, you you don't want to have a few. It's not like you're going to be like, oh, I'll have one. I'll call it off. Go afterwards. You're there all day. Uh, but I guess it's the event, isn't it? You'd be a bit sort of, you'd be a bit more inclined, wouldn't you, if you were there? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I, yeah, I, I think seven pound fifty is a little bit too much, but at yeah, the same no, time, ooh, you, no you doubt, can still no. afford to ha- still afford to have a few. Yeah, um, definitely. Now, back to the race. And Jack, you mentioned Burdett Road. I did. I was quite impressed with Burdett Road. Came from last place to first place up the straight. Um, are you on for the triumph? I am. Yep. What price did you get? I had a, a, a little smidgen at uh, 20 plus. Um, and and the, did you think that was value? Because I know there's been a lot of talk over the past couple of years about whether the anti-post markets offer value. Now, for I, those, of, those of you that might not know, anti-post is when you bet on a horse race in advance of the final field being known. So the Triumph hurdle was in March and Jack's had a bet for March. So, 
I would have said, having te- I, I took a keen interest in the horse prior to its uh, first run of the season and afterwards, and I, I thought if it does go, if it does, if it does win at Cheltenham, it is going to be the way bookmakers slash prices. He is going to be sharp, shorter than ten. Nine to one, so definitely before the race, I thought it was value, and just after the race, as soon as the markets opened, I got involved at ten to one. So, and I would still, I still think ten to one is going to be a bit of value. I certainly think, well, it's six to one now, five to one in, in quite a few places. I still think by the time the race goes off, I will be sh- shocked if he was over eleven to two. Certainly, particularly if he has another run and wins again. So, well, you, you mentioned you got involved at ten to one. I can now tell you there is a current best price of seven to one available. Is that seven to one still a good price to you? Given that you, you kind of mentioned the eleven to two, they're quite close together. I think because he, he he will run he will have a, a tune up race before the festival, and the, the way the way I see it. Before the tune-up race, you've got to assess, is he going to win the tune-up race? If he does, he will be shorter. Ergo, I would say 7-1 to one is value. If you're looking at it and looking at his, his tune-up race field, and you think there is a chance he could come across something quite strong here. 7-1, to one, I wouldn't say. So I would say could be value if you're looking for an each-way lucky 15 or something like that. But... Um, it's on the cusp at the moment. It is on the cusp. Now, we saw Broadway Boy have a, a decent, thoroughly well-thought win against We've All Been Caught. Now, they faced off at the showcase meeting, and we were at the showcase meeting, um, and Flooring Porter, I, w- I would say, beat Broadway Boy on the bridle that day. What did you make of Broadway Boy's performance then? I thought it was, I, I thought it was a really, really good performance. I think the, the, the depth of the race is questionable mm. but is he a Cheltenham Festival bet I don't think so particularly if you look at how he was dismissed by from now whether they, they they could put him in a handicap or something but yep. you suspect he after that performance he's going to have quite a high mark for the remainder of the season um, he would have to get battered in more than one race prior to the festival to drop his mark um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you there. I, I I don't think that. I think it's good form, but I don't think it's the best form. And I I think well actually we're going to see Florin Porter this weekend, and perhaps that will tell us a little bit more about where that form lies going forwards. Absolutely. Um, what about the the what the big race of the Saturday now? The power Paddy Power Handicap Chase, the Gold Cup. Um. Stayed star, very impressive, especially after that final fence blunder, wasn't it? Uh, stage, I think I'm fucking popular opinion here. I, I think Harry Cobden got quite fortunate. Mm, I think he did because I, I, he didn't, he did not need to ask him for a big jump there. I think if he, if he'd shortened up a touch before he, he jumped, jumped that final fence. He would have been all right. 
uh, he still had enough in hand. I think he asked him for a big jump when it wasn't particularly necessary. Um, and that could have, considering his ride on Captain Teague, which I think we'll talk about in a minute, um, the day before, Cobham could have found himself in, uh, <laughs> in well, being written off some Christmas card lists. From uh, from punters, I'd imagine, but the stage start, you know, a great performance from the horse. You know, I think he's well, he's up to 171 now, I believe, in in uh, official ratings. Which I mean, you've got to be you've got to be a great horse to achieve those, those sorts of marks. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what they do with him come March, but I'm a real, real fan of the horse, and sometimes quality, quality just does just rise. And I think it did on that occasion. Now, what did you make of the real whackers run in the race? Well, personally, I don't think he should have been. He should have run. I don't think he should have gone off, on, off of that mark. Um, that is going to have a, a significant effect on the horse going forward. Um, yeah, I think he's, he was struck into and. Um, it was found lame in his right four by the vets after the race, so it was wasn't a good experience for him, really, was it? And this he he's only ever run, or well, I, I can't remember the last time he didn't run at Cheltenham. So yeah, well, he ran there four times last season, once in a hurdle race, three times over fences. So it, it's been a while; it's been over a season. Um, I I I think they need to. Uh, find him a nice race to get him back in uh, in rhythm before uh, the the the, uh, the big dance at the end of the season yeah absolutely i i agree with you there um let, let's move to the sunday now there were two really good races on the sunday let's start with the grade two slur chase we had john bond um with a scintillating performance running away from edward stone who alan king has said after the race is going to go up in trip what did you make of it uh unbelievable I, I'm, I'm. I, it's slightly annoying me because I'm thinking, why, why couldn't he have done that in March? Mm. Why couldn't he have done that in March? Because he just seems so much slicker over his fence. He saw everyone with such a great stride. He made a nice shape, didn't he? Oh, he was brilliant, and there was such intensity to his run. He, he never let let his let his uh, foot off the pedal. Um, but flawless. I mean, he's he's currently an 11-4 to four shot for the champion chase in March. El Fabiolo's an even money shot. And a horse I know you also like in Captain Guinness is the next in the market at 20-1. to one. Um, do, do you think it's a two-horse race? Can anything else get into it at this stage? I'd, I'd, be, I'd be surprised. I think, I mean, you factor in that Enigamine is no longer in the equation. I mean, you could have had an unbelievable uh, Queen Mother Champion chase, but you still go, you're going to have two horses, you know, renewing rivalries, going head to head again. So, I, I think they're the I think they're the two to beat. Um, okay, okay, yeah, I, I'd agree with you there. I think I think something from left field could get into it. Um, I mean, I know we had we've had some decent horses go out over two miles this season, but it does seem to be those two at the top and finally let's just the great woods handicap hurdle it's a spectacle every year what did you make of it i i don't rate the form this year i don't think um 
it, it's a race I'm never any good at, really. I no real strong bit. I don't think the form is going to end up being. I, I think the ground made it that way this year. It was run on a lot softer ground than it has been in the past. It's normally a race to follow for the season, but I, I don't see it like that. I mean, I was keen on the main line. Same, yeah. For and I just the rivals are bad. Just swinging around, swinging around up the hill, just didn't didn't find anything. I don't know. It, it was a bit. It, I don't, don't want to say it was a mess, but I think certainly they'll. I'd say the top seven or eight in the market, or, or sorry, top seven or eight uh, finishers. Keep an eye on for later in the season, and and just just see what happens. Put something in the track. If you see, if you thought something was unlucky, had trouble in running, then go for it. But yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I think I quite agree with you there. And just to finish off that look at the racing from last weekend, I just want to give a brief mention to JPR1, who was running in the um, the Arkle trial on Friday. The grade two was quite far clear at the last bend, probably oh. only about three lengths, accelerating and unseated at the last. He's been whacked up £11 for that run. I, th- I think... You know, you'd feel a bit hard that, done by if you were. Yeah, that, that, that's tough. If, I mean, if, I, if you were Joe Tizard, you'd feel very hard done by. I think, given he was he was going to romp it, I think it would have. Uh, he, he needed to be, you know, put up a bit. But eleven pounds and you haven't won. I, I don't really know what to uh, what to say to that. Really, I, I, six maybe fair. Because he was clearly the best horse in the race, and he's just un, you know, just unset the rider. I mean, it's not like he's had a clattering fall or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough, but then again, that's racing. It's a tough yeah. sport, and that's the way it goes sometimes. Okay, so when we book a guest star for our podcast. We like them to bring us something a little bit different to the table. So before we started recording this episode, we asked Archie whether he had something different to bring us. Archie, I believe you've got something prepared for us. I do have something prepared. Um, now, I like, a, I like a punt. I don't do it all the time. So I'm not an expert. Don't take this, these, these words as gospel. But I will say, if you follow them, you may well find some success. Now, I have three rules that I follow. Anytime on Ben, and these may be unpopular, they may be controversial, but I'm gonna say them anyway. So three rules I always follow when it comes to betting on horses. Now, number one, this rule is called never the favourite. Now this is quite self-explanatory. Never bet on the favourite. I never bet on the favourite. You know, it's a fool's game. You're not getting it, but paid as well. And half the time they don't win. At least half the time. More than half the time. They never seem to win. People will be hyping up this horse going, oh, yeah, this one's a shoe and blah, 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 blah. And half the time they seem to fall over or they seem to get pulled up. You waste your money. Don't go down. The prime positions for me, I always find sort of three, four, five on the favourites list if you saw it by the odds. That's where you're getting the money, but you're also getting a chance. So that's the first one, never the favourite. The second one, this is going to prove very controversial. Right? This is going to be the most controversial. I've called it, Watching the horses walk around equals failure. 
never watch the horses when they're in the paddock. When they're doing their little parade, if that influences you betting, you're a moron. What's he going to show to you? Nothing. If the horse can't walk around, it wouldn't be there. So, you know, don't let that influence. Don't go, oh, that's I mean, let, let, let me just hop in there. Now, um, <laughs> uh, th- we, we've got a lot of paddock judges in the horse racing game. Jack, what would you say to them after that comment? I mean, Ken Peterson will be absolutely <laughs> furious with what Arch is saying right now. Um, I'm, well, people I'm fear, People fear the truth. <laughs> I, I, I think I think you can caveat it with the fact you can you can often tell a horse's fitness and where they are at their stage in their summer or winter to cope from that. What by them walking around, Josh? Really? By them walking around, Archie? Absolutely. Really? Well, but to me, to the untrained eye, they all look the same. They're all walking around. It's not like they're going mental. It's not like they're bucking at the crowd or like kicking people. If they were. I'd be a bit alarmed. I'd be going. Hey, you, you haven't put... met you haven't met Stradivarius. <laughs> I'd be cashing out on those horses if I saw that happening. But it just seems to me, you know, people are going, oh, that's when if you watch the odds of the bomb, that's when the odds start changing. All I'm thinking is, I'm thinking this, what bunch of cranes letting that influence you? So that's that's my second rule, and that's about not letting the walk, walking around influence you. That means failure. Now this third one, I would say, is arguably the most important of all the rules. And it's, I've called it all in the name. So it's all about the name of the horses. People who name their horse, oh, something French or 17 words without a space. It shows to me that the owner is pretentious. It doesn't show that they're thinking too much. They're trying to be cool. They're trying to be out of the box. I can't be dealing with that. No, train, train your horses properly. Spend your time doing that. Don't start calling your horse, oh, oh, Beauchamp, da, 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 da. doesn't mean anything. If you're not French, give it up. Um, you want to also, horses where they're called like, oh, Charger, oh, oh, Pounder, stuff like that, where it's like, oh, yeah, look how good my horse is. Compensating. So don't bet on them either. You want ones which are looking low key. Like coming up, we've got one that's called um, Appreciate It. That's a winner. That's the name of a winning horse, if ever I've heard one. So don't let things like, you know, the horse's form or how well they've raced in the past influence you. You want to be looking at the name and you want to be looking at the odds because that's how you make some real money. So, Archie, I have a, just a quick question for you. What If you were, if it, say, you owned three race horses, what would, what would you call them then? Well, that's a very good question, Jack. Um, well, one of them, you want to give them, I like it when they have a, a normal-ish name. One of my favourite horses that I've seen racing has been called The Big Dog. I like that name, The yeah. Big Dog. Yeah, it's a very know, good it horse, shows, yeah. It shows dominance, you know, and it's also a bit funny because it's not a dog, it's a horse. But I'd be going, you know, get get Bruce the horse in there, you know, get... Um, so, 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 sorry, would the horse be called Bruce the Horse or just Bruce? Yeah, Bruce, Bruce the Horse. Right, okay. Because you want to specify. You don't want people being confused. Like, you want them to know what they're looking at. Um, Yeah, I just think, you know, keep it simple. Keep it a name that people can pronounce. Keep it a name that people can say. You know, if you're chatting with your mates, or who you're betting on, you don't want to have to go, I'm betting on, oh, da 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 Bally, Bally, Horse, da 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 all these long 17-syllable names. If you go, yeah, I'm betting on Bruce, they'll know who you're talking about. And they'll go, oh, yeah, Bruce, I know which one you mean. I can read that. 
It's not 17 words without a space. Now, I have just run that name through the BHA horse oh, name availability on. checker, and it is available. So wow. you right. could have a horse called Let's have Bruce a whip the Horse. If you want in, the <laughs> fans, the listeners, yeah. message us. We'll get a whip round going. We'll get a horse. Bruce. We'll call it Bruce the Horse. Yeah, so I think... I, I think I, what I'm sensing is that you two agree with me on my points there. Well, Josh, mean, well, Josh, Josh has a small stake in a, in, in a horse at the moment. Watch House Cross for, for those. We've mentioned it thousands of times, but just well, to, it wouldn't well, be, actually, wouldn't be actually, better on that horse. Actually, for the I mean, I, I no longer have a small stake in Watch House Cross. Oh, wow. Watch House, Watch House Cross uh, was sold back to the original owner. But on that note, I don't know if you saw the Troy Town at a... At Navin on Sunday, just gone. Uh, Watch House Cross ran an admirable race, um, finishing well into sixth place. Nice. But no, so, I, I no longer have a share in Watch House Cross. I'm so, so I mean, what would you call a horse? If, if you had sole ownership of that horse, what would you call it? You know what? I've got absolutely no idea. You've not even uh, thought about it? I've not even thought about it. And do you know what? It is a very Sorry. tough question. I think I, time. I'd love to get into horse ownership, but... In terms of, I know, you know, horse racing ownership is much more affordable with the likes of syndicates these days. But to actually own one outright yourself is still quite a rare thing. And yeah. Well, I do have a question about that. I do have a question about owning a horse. You can feel free to cut this because it might go off the rails. Um, Are horses drug tested? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yeah, that my idea's gone. I was suggesting we buy a horse, put it on steroids, and see how well it does. But if they're drugs tested, let's not bother. I mean, you might get fined a lot of money for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of money, mate. So it, we won't do that. It's not a very good idea. Okay, well, those were Archie's betting rules. Now, Jack, you are, I would say, a, a semi-serious punter. Yeah. What do you think of those rules? Uh, well, the first one's utter drivel. Like, I don't back the favourites. I mean, that that's that's just ridiculous. I, I've never uttered. Now, was that, was that coming from a a betting view, i.e., there's never a lot of value in backing the favourite, or was it coming from a view of the favourites never win? I mean, I I think it was more of a value perspective. I thought if you want to make a little bit of money, then the favourites not often the one to go for. Well, well, Josh, actually, as as nice as you are, sort of trying to give me a silver lining to my cretinous viewpoints, actually, it was it was the latter. They're not going to win. Ah, oh, well, um, well they, they they do win sometimes. I'm afraid. Well, well, um, one one of my betting rules, unlike football, I have a corridor of certainty. So I, I will have there will be there will be price points where I think yes I could steam in here I don't I don't I, I don't often steam in but I think if I had a hundred grand I would spend a hundred grand that's that's how confident I get sometimes so I'll look at a, I'll look at a price say between eleven to eight and fifteen to eight and the second favourite being about four to one three and a half to one. I think uh, you, I, I also take into account other horses' prices. So if we if you've close favouritism, then no, you don't get involved. But I think if you're seeing a horse round about say six to four, and the second favourite seven to two, you know th- th- there's a reason why, despite the favourite being six to four, the second favourite isn't shorter. So that's quite a big dis- quite a big difference. 
And and do, think... do, do you not take take a view on the form of the race? I do. I do. I do take a view. But and there are occasions where you know the form may not be as important as 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 what you may think. You because you, know, you you could you could have a a maiden for example. Mm. You could have the first the, the top every every runner hasn't won yet. So yeah, it's very difficult to know what's going on. And you could you could have a well, you could have a horse say who's who's finished sixth in an eight eight run the race, but has gone say say at Kempton, swung around the corner, and there's just been no room for him. A wall of horses in front, and there's just no no possible passage through. So I looked at, and then you see oh, there's a six on the form guide, but you know that doesn't really count for much. So I think there are. So many ways of interpreting form and stats that I think sometimes pr- the price can tell you a lot. And when I see that disparity, I find that quite uh, quite encouraging. You see, I'm I'm very much of of the way that I like to I like to have a look at the race without the prices and think of what prices the horses in that race should be. And then when I compare my prices to the actual prices, yeah. if I see a big discrepancy for example if i see a horse that i think should be four to one and it's chalked up as being 12 to one then that for me would be a bet because there is value in that bet i think and i i think that's that's the way in which i've had a little bit of long-term success I've, i'm not necessarily always successful in the short term but in the long term i have had a nice period of sustained profitability i think uh yeah, because uh, Richard Hoyles went through something similar to that on on his coverage on on ITV last last season. But it, he did, yeah, he did. Yeah. It's uh, assess a horse and the field. Just take away the prices, cover the prices up, and have a look at what you think the honest value is. So if you if you're on the computer, you know, just sell the tape, piece of paper over the prices. And well, just you don't it. even need to do that anymore because the Racing Post have a new feature. Where hey, you oh. can hide the prices. There you go. So you or, can turn or, the prices off on the Racing or, Post website, which is pretty good. The, yeah, order the horses by by their number, and then go from there. There's and yeah, I, I, you're and then you're not being influenced by other factors. You but you can only, you only have yourself to blame. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I, th- I think we've had a nice nice look at our betting strategies there, and we're going to revisit them. A little bit later when we have a little look at the big races this weekend. Uh, let's just take a little bit of time away from the actual horse racing to talk about a racing personality, shall we say. Now, Mr. Lanfranco de Tori, um, he's, he was going to retire from racing. He's then stopped his retirement and is going to go and ride in America. But now he's entering the I'm a Celebrity Jungle. Archie, what do you make of this? Well, I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm always excited to see to see celebrities I've actually heard of in the jungle because that's a bit of a rarity, you know, these days. Um, yeah. I know Dottori. I'd say he's probably the most famous jockey at a minute, or maybe all time. I mean, him, AP McCoy, are sort of the ones that even a casual fan would know. Mm. Um, so I, I'm not really. I don't really know a lot about him personality-wise. So I'm. That's why I'm interested here, where you guys are at sort of. Sort of expecting from him whether he's going to be you know controversial, whether you think people are going to like him or whatever. I I think he's quite a likable character. He's quite 
quite funny, quite jokey. I think he'll suit the jungle, and I think I think a lot of people like that about him. Jack, what do you think of him? Ooh. Well, I, I, I on, on his intro last night, he, he he said he can get a bit grumpy, a bit a, a bit fiery, and I think it. I, I suspect there might there could be a couple of characters in the, the jungle already, which could uh, rile them up the wrong way. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, but and but he could be absolutely fantastic and he could offer, you know, the, the show quite a lot of entertainment value this year. And hopefully he does, because I think if we if we assess him on what he's like uh, post-race, post even after he's, he's lost post-race, you know, he's still decent to the cameras I, I can't think of a time where he's been particularly moody or unpleasant to any interviewer so no i mean what, what what do you think his his presence on the program will do for racing as a sport do you think there'll be a lot of talk about racing on the show do you think that'll encourage a few more people to get involved well i hope i hope so um i, I think he, he, was, he was he's perhaps the only jockey maybe ap mccoy who who could have gone on it um, but there has been a jockey on it before. Um, There's been oh, there was um Willie Willie yeah. Willie um, Willie Carson was it? Willie Carson, yeah, oh. he he was on it definitely. Yeah, that was um a, a while ago though. It's it not, was not, yeah, not for at least ten yeah. at least ten years. And I'm I'm mentioning quite frequently, but you know, racing is always on the edge of um being completely ostracised, um and having you know a character like Frankie just to just raise the profile or keep the profile in in public view um could be really important so absolutely and uh, for reference willie carson was in the jungle in 2011 so 12 years ago wow wow 12 yeah, years long ago. Jockey. very long time but then again racing wasn't in on itv back in that day so maybe that influence is helping frankie get on um yeah shall we have a look at this weekend's racing i think we should I, I think that's a great idea and I Absolutely. think with with our three very different punting strategies <laughs> I think we can hopefully come up with some nice horses. Now, let's start with the big race of the weekend. Let's start at Haydock. We have got the Betfair Chase, the three o'clock on Saturday. It's run over a distance of three miles, one and a half furlongs, and Brave Man's Game is your ten to eleven favourite. Daryl Jacob rides for Paul Nichols, a controversial subject during the week with Harry Cobbton riding at Ascot, despite the odds best horse being up at Hayduck. We've got Protectorat in at second favourite, two to one. Uh, Royal Pagai, nice horse for Charlie Deutsch and Venetia Williams in very, very good form at the moment, that duo at nine to one, previously having run very well in this race. And we've got the grand national winner, Corrick Rambler, for Derek Fox and Lucinda Russell at 11 to 1. Now, I think our tradition is to start with the guest. So, Archie, take it away. What do you think well, about this race? Well, this may shock a lot of the listeners, but I'm actually going to go with Corrick Rambler. Now, I'm a, I'm a casual. I know the name. I remember him winning the national. He was an underdog then. He's an underdog now. He's going to shock the world again. Let's go. I'm going to be putting some money down on this. Why don't we put some money down on Corrick Rambler at those odds? Because... I do have a few pennies right now. I think he's got a good chance. I, I will just say that despite the fact um, you said that Cart Rambler was an outsider in the Grand National, um, did you bet on him? 
I famously, I didn't bet on him, Josh. No, I, I and, thought and I would be better. I wonder why, because he was the favourite for the Grand National. Was he really? He was the well, favourite. Did he start as the favourite? Was he? Sort he started of... as the favourite. He was the anti-post favourite. He drifted out a bit on the day, and then he got bet into favouritism. Well, fair play. I I, I misremembered that. Eight eight to one, fair price on the day. Uh, Jack, what do you think? Um, well, I think it's a bit vast to be honest. The race, um, you. I don't really know where to start. I, I thought, I really thought Shishkin should go here. I thought he would, ha- he, he, he could have a proper crack at those four. I think ground soft, because Nicky's, you know, all oh, the ground could get really soft and a bit heavy. And we, I, I think he could kick himself because we're, there's a, there's a, the winner gets £112,000 and you've got four runners. I, I, I just think it's a bit embarrassing. I, I think I think Brave Man's game is there to be shot at, given his most recent performance. I wasn't particularly convinced by that, um, and I, even if he didn't hit the last, I still don't think he would have got his head up on the line. So, you have Protector at who's been around um, for what seems like an eternity now. Is two to one. Royal Pagai nine to one for the Williams and Deutsch combination. Uh, I just think it's a bit of a. I mean, I just I spoke about this earlier in the, the, this series that I think this is just is is this race relevant at all? And yeah, I I think it, it, it it's possibly not. I mean, I think especially with only the four runners, Kurt Rambler didn't have a good start to the season. Royal Pagai is returning for the first time since the fall. A nine-year-old, though, and is getting on a little bit. The, the Dan Skelton form hasn't necessarily been the best. The Milos was... Um, he was even money favourite today, and he drifted out to nine to four. And that tells the story of the Skelton yard at the moment. And um, then you've got Brave Man's Game, where the stable jockey is not even not even coming up to ride him. I mean, I... If, if you if you just look at the short form, I know we've only got four. We've got four runners here. If you look at the short form, uh, form guide, the short form guide, you have four, five wins. Yeah. None of I these. Mean, none of these won last time out. Yeah. And they're they're they're, they're fighting for a purse of over 110 grand. It just yeah. it just it doesn't make sense to me. I you know I looked at Brave Man's game will probably win purely because he's just the best horse in the field. He could go around and make a couple of mistakes and still win. Um, Protector has, though, apparently has been tuned up for this race. So this is his, this is his big yeah. If, if, I, I if the know. Skelton Yard was in slightly better nick, I'd probably have a, a very small bet on Protector at, but I don't I, think I can touch anything at those prices. So I'm, I'm just going to have a little watch and see I what happens. I probably won't even watch. So... <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let's move to the uh, the 150 at Haydock. We've got Gallard du Menil, um, the winner of, um, well, the un- unfortunately the winner for us because we were on Chemical Energy, but the winner of the National Hunt chase at the Cheltenham Festival, um, coming over to Haydock for a chase over two miles, five and a half furlongs still. It's, it's not that far for him, really, is it? Uh, we've got Grey Dawning. Grey Dawning having his second ever chase start 
after being beaten not far by Stay Away Faye over at Exeter. And we've got Apple Away making Chase debut with um, two other horses in there who, let's face it, are probably going to be also Rans. Um, let's go back to Archie. Archie, we've got Grey Dawning, Gala Dumanil, Apple Away. Now, your, your racing rules say never the favourite. What, what, well, what do your racing rules say about grey horses? Yeah, I, I rate grey horses. Cool. It's 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 um it's off the beaten track, and I like that. But um, gosh, you've actually condemned my pick for this race as a, as a gonna be an also run. Have I? Now who 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 is yeah. that horse? Um, H- Hardy bloke. Sixty six to one, big price. Yeah, he's gonna win. Um, because Hardy, tough. I like that. You know, he's a fighter. Means he's scrappy. You know, bloke. Yeah, not not much to say on the word bloke, but Hardy. Yeah, and I feel like people are going to underestimate him. But he's going to come up with that dog in him. He's going to win. What do you think of the French name for the favourite here? Yeah, it instantly looked past that one, Josh. When I was picking my horses, I saw that and I thought, I thought, all right, that's out straight away. <laughs> French okay, name for the favourite. Well, we, we've we've got sixty six to one shot here going in. Jack, can you make it two for the sixty six to one shot that I called it also ran? Well. So the top three are all shorter than eleven to four at the moment. Yeah. As long as five run, you're going to get two places. So. So you're each way in. <laughs> I, I mean, I th- I think Apple Away will win. I I think it personally. I think it's a little. I think this is far too short for Guy Um Do I trust the? form of the skeleton stable at the moment no i mean if you look at the prices he's gone from evens to two to one um already uh gray dawning i think apple away will win um do i think garden will come top three no i don't purely because the race is about half a mile too short for him at least okay so okay perfect well I don't think there's there's a whole lot more to say about that race. So let's move down the country to Ascot, kind of into the lovely Berkshire area. We've got Shishkin, who you mentioned earlier, um, the favourite for this race, avoiding the Betfair chase. He is racing against Pick Dorhey for the Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols combination. Harry Cobden choosing to come here and ride Pick Dorhey instead of going up to Haydock for the ride on Brave Man's Game. We've then got Melodrama, in at 12 to 1. He had a fairly decent looking run in the old run Roan Chase at Aintree, only coming second to Jatois. And then we've got Straw Fan Jack in at 40 to 1. Jack, what do you think here? Um, I, well, I'm a big fan of Shishkin and I'm a big fan of Pick Dorhey. I, uh, re- I thought Pick Dorhey was superb at Aintree um, in his last run at the end of last season. I've won that won that race really nicely, um, and you're going to have a similarly flat track uh, this time round. So I think two to one, uh, I w- I would say is far more value than Shishkin going in at four to six, who is uh, in recent times has been inconsistent at best. Um, jumping always has a bad one in him as well, so. I think I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good race as it's a, as as I looked at it, as a, as I looked at it, it's definitely a two horse race. I don't I don't really see any the drama or draw fan Jack getting involved here. Interestingly, Brian Brian Hughes has come down to a a big meeting. Um, mm. 
because he well he, he he is the regular rider of Manella drama so um but yeah he, he you usually see him cleaning up midweek um compared to a big saturday um it'll be a good race to watch it'll be a nice head-to-head battle and we will uh we'll, we'll see hopefully this doesn't turn into a sort of a an altior surname scenario where you just have two really good horses just slugging it out mm. um okay so perfect archie what do you think of this well this one i've actually got a bit of an informed decision on because i think it must be the owner or something i have a bit of history with and it was the grand national a couple of years ago this manella manella one of them won, I think. Am I right here, Josh? Yeah, that that was Manella Times. Manella yeah. Times won for yeah. Rachel Blackmore. Um, I had bet really heavily on the other Manella horse that was in that race, and I thought <laughs> I'd won. I thought I'd won like forty quid when it when it when it won. And I looked at the betting slip and I saw it was the other one, which had got, gone out way before. But I'm going to back him again. I'm going to back Manella again. I'm going to go with Manella Times. I just you know I got a bit of history. Manella drama. Manella drama. Yeah, I'm going to back them. They owe me money. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to back them. Um, okay, so Manella drama uh, for Archie. Um, I I think Shishkin will win this race. I, you know, I I know we've had a little bit of history on the podcast where um, I was very much in the envoy Allen camp for the Ryanair chase, and Jack and Will were very much thinking that Shishkin was the best horse in that race. Um, they're they're still wrong to this day, I'm afraid. But um, I, I think Shishkin will take a bit of beating here. I think four to six is about the right price, I would say, based on how Pitt or he hasn't been improving his form. But let's move on to the uh, the Coral Hurdle, the Grade Two at Ascot. It's the two oh five on Saturday. We've got Goshen in as favourite here, looking to retain his crown. We've got Theatre Glory, Nico de Boinville, and for Nicky Henderson, So Royal in there for Alan King. Then we've got Blue King Daru for Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols. And we've got Strong Leader, who ran fairly well in the Supreme for Ollie Murphy. What do we think, guys? Um, well, great to see So Royal at another big, big, big race. So reliable. Um, always puts in, you know, a, a good performance, strong performance. Then you have <laughs> Goshen at the head of the market and I just I don't think I have it in me to go to the well again I, I just I've just been hurt so many times by by that horse I mean well I of course just, we, we were there on that fateful day at Cheltenham weren't uh, we it hurts to remember it yeah it was just yeah it does so hey, at, le- at least you weren't the chap who just lost 500 quid on solo Oh, in front of us, that was yeah. <laughs> you don't like you don't like to laugh, but when you get when you get you know scolded for not backing his horse. Well, well when you when you're betting five hundred quid on the Triumph Hurdle, like <laughs> what are you doing? Um, <laughs> I, I don't really have a strong opinion on the race. You know, if Goshen wins, then great. I, I mean, he'll have done he'll have mugged me off again. So um. <laughs> okay, Archie, what are you making of this? Yeah, I don't know what a Goshen is. I don't want to know. I'm going with strong leader. Yeah, leader. You, know, you know what? I, I I don't mind that there. Yeah, leader leader should win. You know, leaders means they're ahead of the pack, you know. Hey, look, I'll, 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 I'll give that a bit of context for you, though. I mean, 
he, you know, he was ninth in the Supreme Novices Hurdle at Cheltenham, but he was second in the grade one at Aintree behind in the pocket. Now, Lucia has run well in the Great Wood since in the pocket, you know, still should be campaigned over two and a half miles. But I think, you know, as the outsider of the lot, he's got a decent chance. Yeah, second comes right off the first, you know. I mean, the the other one I would I would throw in there um, is, you know, it's going to break one of your betting rules, but Blue Kings are out for me. I mean, you know, a really impressive, really impressive performance at Cheltenham. I mean, I, I think he's a horse that Nichols and Cobden think highly of. They didn't run him in the Greatwood last weekend. I thought they would. They've come here instead. They clearly want to get a win on the board and they think this is a winnable race. Um, over to Ireland now then. That's that's the racing in Britain kind of sewn up. It's not a very exciting weekend in Britain. We've got a few very small fields. I mean, maximum of a five field, five runner field in those races, which is really disappointing. Over in Ireland, we've got a little bit more. We've got seven runners for the um, the Pearl Novice Chase, the Florida Pearl. Um, it's a grade two, three miles, flooring porter in there as your 11 to four favorite. We've got a few great names in there. Affordale Fury in at seven to two. Favre de Champadeau at four to one. Sandor Clegane, who I will just throw a mention in for our host, uh, our normal host, Will Taylor, who is a big fan of Sandor Clegane. And I'm sure he would be advocating a bet here if he was here. Uh, we've got Quilixios, Maxim and Churchstone Warrior rounding out the field. I'm going to come to you first here, Jack. What do you make of it? Um, if Florian Porter demonstrates the same c- composure and attitude he did at Cheltenham, at Punchestown, uh, he'll clean up. I, 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 honestly, I, I, I just think he's got, got such a great engine and he, he looked really composed over the fences. Um, a couple of times, maybe got a touch close a couple of times, but I think he should take all the beating. And 11 to 4, I personally think that's a bit of value at the moment. Um, Sandor again, I was not particularly a fan of his reappearance, um, but over over fences for the first time, he's got he. I, I would still say he's unexposed, and there is room for improvement there. Um, Calixos, you know, it's really really nice to see him back running again. Has been out for quite a while, um, and whether they uh, whether the the Bromhead Blackmore combination uh, strike again this time round, I'm not so sure, um, but could be looking later in the season to collect a big pot. Florian Porter for me though. Archie, who's winning well, this one? Well, I actually I read it as affordable fury, so I was going to go with them because I thought I love a bit of thrift. But if it's Affordale, they're out. I'm going to go with Sandor Clegane. I like Game of Thrones. I like the Hounds. Let's get it going. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm actually in agreement. I think Sandor Clegane is going to take a, a lot of beating here. So I'm, I'm there. I'm making it, well, three out of four, really, for Sandor Clegane. Um, one for Florian Porter. But let's move on to the 235 we've got the morgiana hurdle the grade one state man in there as the one to three favorite echoes in rain pied piper and fildedery rounds out the field archie who are you thinking here? yes i'm going pied piper 
if you name a new horse after a fairy tale, it means you've got confidence in that horse. You haven't got to flex. You haven't got to put any airs. You know, you're getting down with reality. And I like that. That means that's a good thing. Confidence. I'm going Pied Piper. Jack? Uh, it's a watch for me. If State Man doesn't win by 10 lengths, that's disappointing. I'm, I'm going to take a chance on Pied Piper as well, actually. I thought Pied Piper oh. was very unlucky not to win the county hurdle at the festival. Davy Russell, I think we can all agree, gave it an absolute stinker of a ride that day. Yes, yeah. really, really should have won up the hill. And I think he can get closer than the market suggests. I think anything kind of... I'm going to go with five to one and up is a bet for me. I think if he goes underneath five to one, I'll sit it out and have a watch. But five to one and up um, is fair enough. Now, for our final race of the weekend, we don't have declarations yet, but it is quite a big race as we are seeing the Gold Cup winner Galapan de Champ reoppose fast or slow who beat him at the Punchestown Festival in the John Durkin Memorial Chase. We've got a few in there as well. Blue Lords appreciate it who Archie uh, spoiled us earlier by telling us that appreciate it will be his tip for this race. We'll hear why in yeah, a second. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't resist. We got conflated Styrion Folange, the lovable Grey who jumps out to his right. Punchestown might suit him. We've got Statler, Fakir Farouk Delane, sorry, who was a fooler very early on at the first fence in the Troy Town last week and French Dynamite. Go on, Archie, then. Take it up. Who is it? Appreciate it. Why? It's appreciate it. Do you need to ask why, Josh? Calling I'm, I'm a horse... A, I'm calling asking a horse, why. Calling a horse appreciate it is very funny because it's just, it's just... It's not a name. It's not a title. It shouldn't be the name of a horse, and that's why I respect it. That's the kind of thing I'd call a horse. Appreciate it. Great name. And I'll, wow. be, I'll be appreciating if they win, you know. So we've got, we've got we've got Bruce the horse, and we've got appreciated. Yeah, Those well, that's definitely two, stable, if you will. Yeah, two great names. Um, Jack, what are you thinking here? Galapan de Champ, you were very impressed at Cheltenham. I know he stung you a little bit, but um, well, I, I said this. I think we spoke about this race a month or so ago. Um, mm. I don't. I, I can't understand why fast or slow is nine to two i mean i feel oh, like he, he beat galapan quite quite well last time well could it be that the punchestown gold cup was over three miles and this race is only over two mile three and a half furlongs uh i i i suspect that's uh, that's probably that's probably the, the the main reason i fast or slow definitely does seem like a more out and out stay than well well, than than sort of than running over these short distances, but I just I just I still think if I I still don't think it accounts for that much difference in the pricing. I mean, nine to four on and nine to two, I think that's potentially if if you if you can find a betting without market, then maybe fast you might find fast or slow, um, a slightly short price. But if you're not confident regarding the um you know with, with, especially with these distances then perhaps uh, i would i'd leave it um blue lord also sticks out for me and um, perhaps underperformed at the tail end of last season but um just not not really a particularly interesting race for me i don't think 
Okay, Archie, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it could be an interesting one. I mean, my, my thoughts, I would say I was going to say everything that Jack just said. Yeah. Word for word, for word. yeah, yeah. Um, mm. No, I think it could be an interesting race. I mean, I like the fact there's a bit more selection in this one. I'm not a fan of when I looked at the ones where it was, oh, you got four horses to choose from. I thought that's a bit, you know, a bit restrictive. I like a bit of an open. That's why I like the national so much, because you've got like, what, 30-odd? Going at it, yeah. You never there, know. There's a bit more choice, which is why you've been able to pump something at 14 to one, like appreciate it. Where, you know, in in some of the other races, we we only had maximum five to one. So exactly, we're, yeah. We're getting a bit more value here, which is what we want to see. Okay, well, that is the racing for the weekend. One final thing remains for me to ask you: What is your best bet of the weekend out of the horses we've selected? Any volunteers to go first here? I, uh, uh, the the short fields, the, sorry, the small fields, uh, this weekend have really sort of destroyed any potential value I, I feel you could find in a race. So, it, I think it's quite difficult to just find anything which really really stands out i think if you had a proper dive into the um the stairs handicap hurdle at haydock i think you could find quite a bit of value there um but I, nothing really sticks out for me i'm afraid so no best bet no better advised no i will i will i will however i will anti-post for the Cheltenham Festival. Okay, go for it. I, I, I'm, I'm going to take, a, this is a pun, this is a real risk. Purely off of Twitter speculation and uh, what's been coming out of Seven Barrows, uh, Jericho de Reponet for the Supreme Novices Hurdle. I reckon you can, I think you can get about, some are still offering 20 to 1. I, I think that might have gone but uh, I think 16 is a uh, a number you'll see flash around quite a lot at the moment. So I'm going to tip that up. Each way, each way, small stakes. Uh, please gamble responsibly. Uh, Jericho de Repine for the Supreme Novices Hurdle. I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. Barge pole, sorry. And um, Archie, your best bet of the weekend? I would say, if you're going to put a punt down, put a punt down on a Conrad Rambler. He's got a okay. form in a big race before. You know, if it's the underdog, worth a punt. Don't Obviously, don't go, like, put your life savings on it, but a few quid, you know, see how it goes. Perfect. OK, and I, I think Sandor Clegane's got quite a good chance against Florian Porter. I think the form's, form's pretty good. I think Florian Porter probably isn't the horse he once was. Well, that's it. We've gone through the races We've got this weekend ahead to look forward to. Um, it's been a pleasure, gents. Archie, have you enjoyed your first time on the show? I've had a great time. I've had a great time on the show, lads. Thanks for having me. Um, I hope the hope the listeners have enjoyed it. I hope they haven't turned it off by this point, which they probably have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been great. It's been a great time. Always happy to come on again in the future if we uh, if you need me. Well, we'll keep that in mind. The listeners will <laughs> tell the tale there. Jack, been nice. Yeah, thank you, Archie, for helping us out this uh, this evening. And that only leaves me to say good night 
and enjoy the racing for the weekend. And remember to gamble responsibly. <laughs>